재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 MHz in Seoul and surrounding areas. This show is overall an inquiry into the Korean culture and mindset, but we get real specific with it on Mondays and Thursdays when we do a thing called Culture Pulse. We listen very carefully to what Koreans are saying to each other in the mainstream media or on social media. And on Thursdays, we've got Natasha So along for the ride. Hey, Natasha. Good morning, Kat. Topic one today, uh, in these really scary economic times, uh, many youths are dying to get a job, a full-time job. Right. Those that do increasingly are quitting <laughs> their full-time job. Paradoxically, right? Uh, the Korea Employers Federation it released some new numbers earlier this month. When it surveyed some 300 businesses this year, it found that roughly 28% of new hires resigned within their first 12 months. This is a four percentage point increase from four years ago. Hmm. So to find out why, Chungang Ilbo interviewed around 35 people in their 20s, 30s who quit within the first two years and also the parents of such people. And the most frequently cited reason for quitting was that company life wasn't what they expected. Once they got into a big-name company, they thought, you know, they'd be providing creative solutions and be appreciated for their uh, contribution. Aww. Oh, <laughs> but instead, the companies gave them just menial tasks and tre- treated the employees as merely disposable parts of a well-oiled machine. Those poor, underappreciated new hire graduates. I, I can't imagine the indignity. Uh, I say slightly sarcastically. <laughs> One uh, reason people do stick around with an unsatisfactory job is to kind of keep their face. You know, they don't want to feel like they failed. Um, right, and that they didn't basically do what everybody else seems to be doing well is fitting within the mm-hmm. corporate culture mm-hmm. i swear you know but they must realize that this is kind of going off on a tangent every job almost any job they take they're going to have to pay dues for a year or two they're going to have to do menial this and menial that right. if they see down the horizon oh five years from now i'm still going to be this menial cog in the culture then they've got a case but if it's only for the first year or so mm-hmm. i confess i don't have all that much sympathy so, am i being too cold-hearted no i think you're right um i guess it's a difference of perspective because when you're young you don't really have an idea of how far you have to and still keep being a cog because mm-hmm. you don't have any sort of a judgment or a sort of perspective sure. on how you can compare. Yeah. I get, uh, to me, it's a universal reality. You've got to pay dues for a certain amount of time. Well, what about the parents of these kids? Do they say, hey, Junior, come on back home, and I'm sorry that job didn't work out. Are they sympathetic? Well, some parents are, such as 59-year-old Mr. Lee. He was very happy. When his son quit his job at a multinational company last year, Mr. Lee was very supportive because he didn't want his son to become a corporate slave like he himself Mm. had been. But the vast majority were more worried than happy. Some worry that they've raised weak kids who can't handle social stress, while others, such as 60-year-old Mr. Park, believe his daughter is being naive and selfish. Meanwhile, some early resigners said that they were dumped by their boyfriend or girlfriend soon after their decision, partly Uh because they were no longer seen as having a secure future. But they didn't see that coming. That is a double whammy. How about from the broader Internet? What are people saying? Well, the most popular response was, 
I empathize with this 200%. I'm also in my third year and about to go crazy. I think I'm going to get depression. I would grin and bear it if it weren't for the freaks. It's worse than the military. This comment received more than 6,000 upvotes. Meanwhile, another. What do you reckon he means by the freaks? Uh, this probably isn't a broadcast appropriate word in Korean, but so he means people who aren't reasonable in their demands. I see. So people who will ask you to pull an all-nighter without extra pay. Okay. Or ask you to come out to social functions during the weekend when you're not supposedly at work. There are no boundaries. Right. You are my slave. Okay, Mm -hmm. got it. So another person said, if companies let people go home on time and didn't force overtime or hejik, the expression heljoson wouldn't be so widely used. Mm -hmm. And finally... Our parents' generation thought that they would see the light at the end of the tunnel if they just stuck through the hard times. And it was true. The nation was experiencing unprecedented economic growth. So if you worked for a large conglomerate for several decades, it was possible to eventually buy your own home. But those days are now long gone. Nowadays, you give the company all you've got, and all you have at the end of your career is some measly severance package and just enough money to open a small fried chicken store. Yeah, and the fried chicken store is no longer that great of an idea because there are just too many of them. You need to branch out into some other kind of business. Mm -hmm. I think uh, the pop culture environment here is ripe for somebody to come along with a movie or a novel or both about somebody that transforms the corporate culture in Korea, somebody that starts a new company that goes humongous with a completely different corporate culture. Give give them like a, a, a fictional icon to sort of recalibrate the, the culture here. Are you, are you giving me your screenplay? <laughs> <laughs> Would you please read my screenplay, Miss Saul? You're preaching me your screenplay. <laughs> well, it's just an idea. Yep. Screenwriters of Korea, give it some thought. <laughs> Topic two. Uh, we mentioned this actually in the news feed, and I gave them, uh, the listeners, basic nitty-gritty information about it, but we're getting this whole new premium class of long-distance bus here in Korea that are going to start running in September. Mm-hmm. So these buses, they'll be mostly, well, first of all, running during the night time because that's when passengers are more likely to pay extra for mm-hmm. a comfortable ride so they can sure. lie back and relax. And as you mentioned earlier, these are very reminiscent of business class on airplanes. Yes. And what I think was the big selling point was that it came with partitioning for privacy, which is a big deal, mm-hmm. right? When you're traveling long distances, sometimes you're drooling with your mouth open Yep. and you want you don't really want to be sort of looking at the face of the person sitting next to you. Sure. So I think privacy is a big selling point there. Now, the price, you gave, uh, briefly gave the price, but it's meant to take fill in the gap between the current pre, uh, first-class buses. Mm-hmm. For example, if we look at this whole Busan route, the first-class buses, they cost around $29. Yep. The new premium buses will cost 30% more, mm-hmm. roughly $38. But it'll still be cheaper than the KTX bullet trains, which cost $51. Okay. It's hard to beat the KTX experience. It's wonderful. Just just taking Pusan as a meter stick. Mm-hmm. You're there in two hours. It's smooth. There's no bumps. Um, but if you're saving 20 iman on per go, that's like, what, 40 for the whole trip. Right. And, you know, it'd be worth it. And if it's comfortable, you can get asleep on the way there and use your night productively. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are saying KTX is more time efficient, mm-hmm. but it's not as comfortable these days because the seats are too crowded, too crampy. Well, and depending on where you're going in a city like Pusan, which is very stretched out, mm-hmm. the bus station is way on one side. That's the true. train station's way on the other. Right. So a lot of people even prefer to take the slow bus because it lets them off on the right side of the city. Right. And they don't have much of a, a thing. Mm-hmm. So 
um, the price point seems okay to me. To me, this seems unambiguously a good thing, this uh, premium class bus. The more options, the better. But what are people saying overall? Well, the controversy, there is a controversy, and it lies in the fact that these 27 new buses will be diesel-powered. Okay. Uh, Korea's Asia's second biggest diesel car market, and the government earlier this month said that it would phase out diesel-powered vehicles, including buses, in hopes of improving Korea's air quality. And it also considered raising diesel tax to encourage citizens to make the switch. Now, the new buses are being manufactured by Hyundai and Kia Motors. And according to an unnamed Hyundai Motor worker interviewed by JTBC, it's hard to make premium buses that operate on CNG, mm. or compressed natural gas. And the company also said that it has no current plans of introducing such vehicles. Okay. So there's the, it's more of a symbolic argument than anything else, because how many buses are we talking about? Maybe 10? I mean, that's a Tw- drop 27. in... 27. total? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even that's kind of a drop in the bucket when we talk about the air quality in Korea. But mm-hmm. it's a very important symbolic thing that the buses are still running on diesel. In pure comfort, though, it sounds great. Uh, online responses? Well, as you mentioned, in terms of pure comfort, people are almost being unanimously positive. One person wrote, I would choose that bus over KTX any day. KTX is all right, but it's too small and cramped. The price is surprisingly reasonable. When I read the headliners go down the article, I thought, I bet this would be ridiculously expensive. But $38 isn't too bad. It's still affordable for most. Meanwhile, regarding the fact that it's run on diesel, one person wrote, I think we all knew the diesel hoo-ha was more a ploy to suck tax out of citizens and not about air quality. Well, another person wrote, Anyone with knowledge of CNG tanks will realize they take up a lot of room. Of course, big comfy seats and CNG tanks don't go together. There you go. And, of course, as you mentioned, the partitions are, are really nice. Uh, you said because, <laughs> it, you know, so, so people won't see you drool and sleep. I just... Uh, this is not as much of a problem in Korea where people keep to themselves, but I can't stand it when people chat you up on transportation. Uh, I don't like small talk on buses. Uh, I'm a little bit antisocial in that particular aspect of my life. You can just oh, pull the curtains and... I'm going to pull those curtains and go to sleep, and then okay. everybody can hear me snore. <laughs> All right, so lastly, a kind of a heartwarming story. A Korean author recently achieving her Ph.D. in the States, and many denizens are celebrating her, toasting her online. That's right, and it's because it's none other than... Ijison, author of Chisona Sarange or I Love You Chison, which is an autobiography that became a bestseller back in 2003. Mm. It details her struggles recovering from third degree burns after a seven car collision. Wow. And during the rehabilitation process, Lee had to undergo over 40 operations and a profound change in thinking. Now, Ijison has frequently said through her book, through motivation seminars, and through TV interviews that she considers the accident a gift and that she wouldn't change how things turned out because it gave her a deeper understanding of people in pain. Mm-hmm. And since then, Ijison has become an icon of hope and resilience to many Koreans. And last Friday, Ijison received her PhD in social welfare from UCLA. UCLA, social welfare, I would guesstimate that something about that social welfare dissertation must have done, had to do with uh, disabled? Uh, right. So when Ijison's extensive um, hospital stays during those times, she came across dozens and dozens of other patients and soon realized that many didn't get the help they needed. So she decided to dedicate the rest of her life to helping the disabled as a social welfare expert here in Korea. 
and her dissertation looks at ways of changing able-bodied people's perception of the disabled. Very nice. And what are people saying online about her? What an amazing woman. I respect you, Iji-san. I'm always cheering for you, and I always include you in my prayers. Your struggles have already touched so many people's hearts. Mm. And finally, if you look at Iji-san's pre-accident photos, you can see that she was a very pretty lady. The burns have taken her external beauty away, but her immense inner grace still makes her shine and beautiful in my eyes. Had you heard of Iji-san before oh, this? Oh, yeah. I, this, her book had been recommended to me by a lot of people at church and also a lot of people at school. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so she was already a high-profile person. Nice to hear that she's completed that PhD. Congratulations to her. Thank you very much, Miss Natasha, for coming in today. Thank you for having me. And Koreascape returns right after this. Mm-hmm.